0: Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington, Jr. Today's episode is brought to you by Axis Financial. Today, along with John Thurman of Axis Financial, Philip talks about building a forced discipline savings plan.
1: And now, here's Philip. All right, we are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple. I got my man John Thurman back. What's going on, John? How's it going, Philip? How's it going? So, so before, and and by the time this episode drops, uh, we we I would have had a couple episodes with a couple of other co-hosts about the mindset sh- shift change that happens once you are, um once you are in a different income and net worth uh, kind of bracket and, and, and one of the, you know, the advice that you listen to at one bracket kind of change, right? You know, Dave Ramsey is a big one uh, in specific with his, his views on, you know, buying term and invested in a difference when it comes to life insurance. But I think a lot of people, a lot of people, people, a lot of people will be shocked to know is the majority of cash value life insurance policies are bought by rich people and, you know, themselves and their corporations. Um, and so because the rules are, are the rules are different, not in a bad way, but they operate on a different uh, playing field. And so Dave Ramsey, you know, his clientele that he's talking to are people who are heavily indebted, which means people who are uh, still trapped in the poverty mindset. And he's helping them to elevate their thinking, but he can only take you so far, right? Once you are free of the poverty mindset and you are attracting and uh, building wealth and high income, then you, you can't listen to Dave Ramsey anymore at, on that kind of stuff, in my opinion, because then, you know, you walk around and you talk, just talk to somebody who's rich and they own a bunch of cash value life insurance. And and so, you know, let's, I'm going to pass it over to you to talk about like, you know, uh, your thoughts on that why rich why high income and well the people own it um you know why dave ramsey might be wrong for them you know or or might not be the best advice for them you go ahead and right yeah
2: yeah i mean it's interesting because uh i'm from nashville and uh you know dave ramsey's home and, and home base there and uh, and know i've i've have clients that work, uh, with Dave Ramsey. And, uh, I, I, you know, I I think it's the whole, you know, er, er, trying to fit a square peg into a round hole concept. You know, I I think Dave's advice is, is solid for, like you said, people that are uh, in, you know, that are in debt or, you know, uh, especially those that are struggling and trying to make ends meet and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I, my sister actually did the envelope system, um, and they paid off, debt and uh, they're in a really good financial place. They've been really smart with their money. So I see value in that. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, I think my issue is that it is such blanket general advice. Um, You know, One of the things that he talks about is not buying um, ancillary type coverage, not buying like cancer policies, catastrophic coverage. Hmm. Um, And I had a kid that went through leukemia. So I know that the $64,000 that our policy paid us was a huge, huge financial help. Um, and it, and even if I'd had amazing disability coverage, it wouldn't cover me being off work to take off work for my son. So again, is some of his advice great is some of it maybe a little too, um, you know, broad and, and, and there are things that, you know, people can benefit from that are not under Dave Ramsey's, you know, blanket or umbrella of, uh, you know, advice. So one of those is from a term, uh, coverage perspective. If you're trying to pay off debt and you're, uh, you know, lower income bracket, then yeah, you should not buy permanent coverage. You should definitely have term coverage because it's the most cost effective. You know, a younger couple can often buy, you know, half a million dollars or a million dollars of coverage for 15, 20, 30 bucks a month. So you cannot get that much bang for your buck anywhere else. There's, there's a lot of value in that. We sell a ton of term coverage, but once you get to a certain income bracket, once you get to a certain net worth, and once you get to a certain age, I have people that come in that, you know, are in their fifties and sixties that want to buy a term policy that just doesn't make any sense because A, they're probably still going to outlive that term. B, they don't have uh, a need for it in the sense of like, they're maybe already retired or they're getting close to retirement. And, you know, they're wanting to buy a 20-year term to take them past retirement that, and they don't have a need for this huge policy. Term policies are great because you need to buy a million or 2 million or $5 million of coverage. But, you know, when it comes to permanent coverage, it comes to something that builds cash value. You know, we often recommend if, if you're really young and you're really trying to be budget conscious, then you just have a term policy. Um, if you like the idea of term, but you want a little bit of permanent coverage, we recommend a hybrid policy, which is having a large term policy and a small permanent policy, but, you know, for those that are a little bit older or a little bit higher net worth, um, you know, you don't want to get into a situation where your term expires. Now you have no term coverage and then maybe your health uh, has changed and you don't qualify for a permanent policy. And so uh, having a permanent policy in place, whether that's a hybrid policy that you've got a large term policy in the, in the meantime, that you know, is going to cover the bulk of your um, income or get your kids through college but having something else that is going to be there permanently is going to pay out at some point is, is amazing and, and and really serves a purpose um, not only from a uh, cash building standpoint so you know a lot of times we we talk about the benefits of how it's a bank type return that because you're getting uh, that money back tax-free it's tax uh, sheltered that you're the, the return on that money is actually better because it's not being taxed uh, in itself And then it's the only self-completing plan because it's a policy that is going to pay out at some point. And you are, uh, whether you die tomorrow or whether you die 50 years from now, you're gonna have a return on that money. And the fact that over time, as you're paying into that policy, you know, you may start out with a $100,000 permanent policy. You may start out with a half a million dollar permanent policy, but the the goal is, is that to build cash value in it, whether that's something that you wanna take out as a tax-free distribution in retirement, or if it's something that you want to uh, just leave as a death benefit, and that death benefit continues to grow over time, so you may start out with a hundred thousand, you may end up with half a million dollars once you get closer to potentially, you know, using the coverage eighty, eighty-five, ninety. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole Dave Ramsey thing—not bad advice. It's just very general blanket advice, um, and it definitely does not apply to everybody.
1: And and you know you know what I was thinking I was thinking about you know as as you were talking I was thinking. You know it's, you know uh we we can use dave ramsey as a as a analogy for uh for good advice for a time period in 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 your life right but 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 keep an open mind, meaning like like if I were to go talk to you know if I were to go talk to my well we both have sons now that are eleven years old, like the advice that I give him at eleven is like fluid advice but specific for an 11 year old right so it's not hey operate like operate this way uh forever but no hey it's it's here's some good principles that work but for 11 i think you should apply it this way right but but uh, you know you keep it fluid because especially around per life this, this is this is what a mentor told me like a, one of my mentors early on he was a a big life insurance guy and I want to know your thoughts on it, but he, he basically was like, Hey, and he was like 52. And so he said, Philip, when I was 22, you know, this is how I thought. And then when I was 32, you know, my thoughts changed. And when I was 42, my thoughts changed more. And now that I'm 52, you know, my clients at 52, like, you know, at 22, like they were super, uh, um, uh, uh, risk tolerant. Right. So they, you know, they, you know, we were shooting for the stars and at 32, you know, you have a family, um, you're still pretty aggressive you know but you but it's not just you and you're you're more mindful at 42 you begin to like you know uh you're making some money you begin to uh want to have some stability some uh something certain on your balance sheet right because like you have some and you're on track to have a you know have more than enough um and so and so you begin thinking about what you want to do for other people and at 52 you know typically or his clients, they were rich, and um, and then they were thinking, all right, I want to preserve some of this for future generations, and 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 I'm saying to say, he was like, um, so so knowing what I know at 52, I would have at 32, right, 42, bought right. a lot more cash value life insurance because right, if with cash value life insurance, if you have a million dollars in cash at 52 in the policy, right, the returns you're earning on that are phenomenal after you know when you when you factor taxes there right even if you're credited four or five percent that's four or five percent tax-free right with low cost of insurance because you bought the policy years before uh you know it's creditor protected versus if you're 52 and you got a million in cash and you want to do something with it well now you got to buy a policy at 52 with those costs of insurance right and then you still got to like wait for the tree to grow right (laughs) you know it's a lot like i tell folks about advertising you know, it takes time. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm over here looking at Steve. This is this is a conversation that Steve and I have a lot uh, <laughs> with, with with people who are into 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 uh, podcasting. But yeah, man, that that's. Um, I mean, I'm 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 sure you're in agreement with those thought processes. But that was one of the things that converted me at at 27 to really think about. Oh, okay, I can't, I can't like, I can't plan for my life with advice only for this age, right? I need to time travel and talk to 52-year-olds and say, okay, at 52, what am I gonna care about? All right, let me position myself now so that I'm in position. Like, you know, like, and if I wanna be rich, like, I don't wanna talk to a 52-year-old that has no money. I wanna talk to a rich 52-year-old and say, hey, what are your, like, what do you care about? What are your thoughts? What are your concerns? What do you do? All right, now let me plan now at 27 or 37 for when I'm 52.
2: Right. Right. Well, and you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm sure you have this problem, you know, talking to, uh, people and trying to get them to put more money, uh, into the stock market and invest more. And it's just that, that, uh, you know, making the disciplined, uh, decision to put more money aside. And so a lot of times that, you know, this whole Dave Ramsey's concept is buy term, invest the difference. But the reality is, is that nobody buys term and then takes whatever a permanent policy would have been and puts that extra money into, a, you know, an investment. The reality is, is that people make X amount of dollars and then they're going to, they're going to invest X amount of dollars and then they're going to blow the rest of it, you know? And so, um, you know, I'm a big believer and I know this sounds kind of you know odd, but if you have a bill, an insurance bill that you mm-hmm. have to pay a permanent policy, you're going to pay that policy. You're going to pay that bill, you know? And yeah, you may go out to eat a couple less times, or you may not blow it on whatever. You may have less disposable income. But the reality is, is you're going to invest what you're going to invest. You're going to, you know, dump into your 401k or have them match or invest with you, Philip. But the reality is, is if you can add another permanent policy or add a permanent policy, and it takes 100 bucks a month or 500 bucks a month or whatever that amount of money is, As long as you can afford it. And and again, this is key. You know, if you're if you're broke and you're low income and you've got a bunch of debt, then no, you should not be buying a permanent policy. But if you've got some disposable income that you are probably going to blow anyway, you know, I'm a big believer that if you put it into a permanent policy, that's just a little less money that comes out of your disposable income that turns into another bucket of money. And that's what you know, we talk about the safe money bucket. Um, and yeah, it's this is not meant to take away from your investments. If you were gonna invest 20% of your income or 10% of your income, and you take that and spend it on permanent coverage i don't think you should i think you should invest whatever you're going to invest whatever percentage you know you're comfortable with and then i think you know you should add another bill a monthly bill you know of permanent coverage so that you have this second you know third safe money bucket that you know you're putting money aside and the reality is is and you know this people are not that good about saving money but most people are pretty good about good about paying bills. And if you have a bill that you have to pay every month, you know, you're probably going to pay it. Whereas if you say, Oh, I'm going to put aside X amount of dollars in the savings, you know, you may or may not do that. You may be disciplined enough, but some people are not, but a bill, I don't know why mentally, I feel like the psychology of it is like, Oh, I got to pay that bill or I'm going to be in trouble. Um, and so I, am a big believer that it just takes away a little bit of your you know disposable income, but it's an, an, another huge, um, you know, way to save money and set money aside that you know is a tax shelter so I don't know. that's my
1: no agree th- for for savings it's, it's i think it's a pretty good fact that um our our home our 401k and cash value life insurance policy are three of the biggest places people save money because it's forced right let everybody know how they can reach you uh, if they want more information on building a Forced Discipline Savings Plan for the future. That's right. I like that.
2: Yeah, my email is my first name, john at axisfin, dot com, And the office line is 817-618-3369. All
1: right. Thanks, John. Hey, thanks, Phil.